0: Before we get started, I want to thank all of you who have been tuning into the live streams I do weekly or so, and I want to thank all the new subscribers to the channel. If you're new, click the little bell icon to get notified of when I upload, and I'll see you in the comments. And to the patrons, thank you for your continued support. Now enough of that glad-handing stuff though, on to the news. There have been a variety of responses to the situation affecting everyone in the world right now. There has been an unprecedented level of bipartisanship in the U.S., at least among the more sensible politicians and members of the general public, as well as from even some surprising news commentators. On the faith front, there have been even some pushback from bishops around the world to the shutdown of public worship and creative means employed by some parishes to permit the faithful to attend the Mass. I actually saw a photograph of a parking lot Mass said by the FSSP, where traditional Latin Mass, where the faithful were permitted to attend Mass from their cars, which, while obviously not ideal, was probably better than what we've seen elsewhere, at least in my not terribly humble opinion. Francis has even taken to asking the faithful to say the rosary and to engage in acts of piety, which is an astonishing turn of events. Some responses haven't been so great either, however. Let's start with some news from Francis, and then we'll turn to the negative responses. Francis made an announcement of an extraordinary blessing to be offered to the world on Friday, March 27th, and it involves an indulgence, so pay attention. That's this Friday for those keeping score. From Vatican News, which I'll read the the pertinent section verbatim. Pope Francis on Sunday called for all Christians to respond to the current situation with the universality of prayer, of compassion, of tenderness, adding, Let us remain united. Let us make our closeness felt towards those persons who are the most lonely and tried. Speaking after the traditional recitation of the Angelus, the Holy Father called on all Christians to join together in prayer. In these trying days, while humanity trembles due to the current situation, I would like to propose to all Christians that together we lift our voices towards heaven, he said. On March 25th, the Feast of the Annunciation, he has invited the heads of the churches and leaders of every Christian community, together with all Christians of the various confessions, to invoke the Almighty, the Omnipotent God, to recite at the same time the prayer that Jesus our Lord taught us, the Our Father. On that day, on which many Christians recall the Annunciation to the Virgin Mary of the Incarnation of the Word, Pope Francis prayed, May the Lord listen to the united prayer of all his disciples who are preparing themselves to celebrate the victory of the risen Christ. The Pope also announced that on the following Friday, March 27th, he will preside over a moment of prayer on the Sagrado of St. Peter's Basilica, the platform at the top of the steps, immediately in front of the facade of the Church. I invite everyone to participate spiritually through the means of communication, he said. The ceremony will consist in readings from the scriptures, prayers of supplication, and adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, and will continue with Pope Francis giving the Urbi et Orbi blessing, with the possibility of gaining a plenary indulgence for all those who listen to it live through the various forms of communication. The blessing to the city of Rome and to the world is normally only given on Christmas and Easter. End quote. The possibility of receiving indulgences for listening to and participating in a prayer live in real time is something most sensible Catholics would not pass up. It's honestly refreshing to see the turn towards faith-based solutions to this or any crisis coming from him, so I'll only say positive things about it. I'll probably be tuning in unless my work schedule gets in the way, which is too often the case. Now, on to the scandal of the day. Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church is one of those who did not like the response Cardinal Burke issued to the closure of masses around the world. If you didn't catch that response, his public letter was the subject of yesterday's video, edited to exclude the parts about that which cannot be named. View it for some context, what I'm saying here. The short version. Cardinal Burke is part of a growing number of cardinals and bishops who believe that we need more masses and more people attending mass, not fewer, to address our crisis. I know, sounds crazy, right? Unless you think this might be a chastisement from God, then it doesn't sound so crazy. Cardinal Burke's response has had the odd effect of having him on the same page as much of the SSPX, but that's not really worth going into at the moment. But obviously not everyone agrees with Cardinal Burke's take, and especially his position that this is a divine punishment for our sins. And I may do a video on that tomorrow if there's no big news between now and then, so watch for that. Anyway, Pastor Jimmy Martin is one who took to Twitter, which is becoming more and more of a website for sowing sin and division, and decided to not only counter-signal Cardinal Burke, but also to deny that God punishes the world using material means, which is heresy by the way. Let's have a look because the man has a large platform and a large audience to promote his errors. Alright, let's look at Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter if you want to see my retweeting a bunch of stuff and occasionally saying controversial things. Links is in the description of the podcast. Anyway, the Jesuit's chief structural engineer of bridge building, Pastor Jimmy Martin, said, Cardinal Burke, there is no question that great evils like scourges are an effect of original sin and of our material sins. Jesus in Sunday's Gospel. Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither he nor his parents sinned. Sounds simple, right? The replies are filled with his modernist bridge-building followers, who strongly dislike Burke and as a bracing of at least the trappings and teachings of the traditional faith. But there is a problem with what he said. It's rather blatantly not true. Yes, our Lord said those things in the Gospel, but I mean, come on. Not only is it not true for anyone who has paid attention to approved prophecies of the Catholic Church, which no one is bound by faith to believe, even if it seems foolish to ignore them, what he said isn't true because sacred scripture and history literally say the opposite of what the bridge builder in chief is saying here. There are some quick texts that prove him wrong. So if you want, write these down and go look for yourself. Ready? Good. See Numbers chapter 21 verses 1 to 9. 1 Chronicles chapter 21 verses 1 to 17. Gospel of John chapter 5 verses 1 to 9 and verses 12 to 14 and the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 12, verses uh, verses 1 to 13. That's just a short and easy selection of good texts from both the Old and New Testaments, and they prove that guys like Martin don't really care about the historicity of Scripture. Then again, Martin did say publicly that he thought St. Paul got it wrong on the issue of Catholic marital morality, so he has publicly denied the inerrancy of Scripture in the past already, and that's also a heresy. But this speaks to a bigger problem for him. What Martin said here sounds an awful lot like the heresy of Marcionism. What was Marcionism, you may be asking? Let's take a brief trip through the Wayback Machine and let's look at that heresy. Marcionism was an early Christian dualist belief system that originated in the teachings of Marcion of Sinope in Rome around the year 144. Marcion believed that Jesus was the Savior sent by God, and Paul the Apostle was his chief apostle, but he rejected the Hebrew Bible and the God of Israel. The Hebrew Bible, meaning the Old Testament, Marcionists believed that the wrathful God of the Hebrews was a separate and lower entity than the all-forgiving God of the New Testament. Marcionism, similar to Gnosticism, depicted the God of the Old Testament as a tyrant or demiurge, meaning you can think of him as God as the devil if you want. Marcion's canon, possibly the first Christian canon ever compiled, consisted of 11 books a gospel consisting of ten sections drawn from the Gospel of Luke, and ten Pauline epistles. Marcion's canon rejected the entire Old Testament, along with all other epistles and gospels of what would become the 27-book New Testament canon, which during his life had yet to be officially compiled. Paul's epistle enjoyed a prominent position in the Marcion canon, since Paul was considered by Marcion to be Christ's only real apost- apostle, to, according to this lunatic. Marcionism was denounced by its opponents as heresy and written against, most notably by Tertullian in a five book treatise called Adversus Marcionum, or Against Marcion, in about the year 208, so you know, sixty-four years later. Things tend to move kind of slowly in the church, you might have noticed. Marcion's writings are lost, though they were widely read, and numerous trans manuscripts must have existed. Maybe someday we'll find some archaeologists will find one. Even so, many scholars claim it is possible to reconstruct and deduce a large part of his thought through the writings of later critics, especially Tertullian. So is Martin a Marcionist? I doubt he would openly reject the canon of scripture, and I doubt he'd actually say that God in the Old Testament was a tyrant and different from God in the New, but the attitude he is displaying is Marcion to the core. In fact, his his sort of method is not to make solid statements about much of anything. He implies a lot, says a lot of heterodox things, but is famously vague enough to get away with saying all his really, really bad ideas. His inspiration is one sister, Jeanine Janine Gramick, a nun he wants to see canonized, as she was the trailblazer for the bridge-building campaign that he continues to this day except that she was punished for her public stance on things. Much has changed since her day, unfortunately. She rather famously admitted her strategy for achieving decades of dissent by doing the same thing, not owning her own faith and not saying what she truly believed most of the time. She called what she did creative circumvention, which allowed her to sort of wiggle around admitting her dissent by also framing what the church really taught as objective stance, even if they conflicted. In other words, she supported the church's teaching verbally while also undermining it verbally. Sound familiar? It should. James Martin does it all the time with the Berlin lifestyle, and he's doing it now with the idea that God doesn't punish his people with material chastisements. And I'll say again, I'll say tomorrow, unless something major happens between producing this podcast and then, the purpose of chastisements is to get the people to repent of their sins. Some will repent and have no further opportunity to sin after, and others will not repent and still others will survive the chastisement. This is all relevant if you've read the Old Testament and follow the messages of Our Lady, Marie-Julie Jehenny, and other proof seers, who all say the same thing anyway, which is that we're heading towards something truly terrible. Jimmy Martin's message is pretty clear. Love is tolerance. Tolerance is a libertine idea, allowing of pretty much all the things the church calls evil, except for those that the social justice advocates push. And God is love, thus making God fully neutral in issues of traditional Catholic morality. And that God would never permit bad things to happen, and anything in the material realm that is bad that happens is either man's fault purely or the fault of nature purely. If this sounds like deism, you're not wrong. It may not be deism explicitly, but it is at least a cousin of deism. It's not Catholic at any rate, for what it's worth. I suppose I could go on and on, but James Martin is only worth so much of my time and yours in this current situation. But his poison is continuing to be peddled to an audience who he has led astray. And that is the tragedy here. You don't have to like Cardinal Burke's take on the closing of public masses to not like Martin's take either. At least Burke's position is based on the Catholic faith and the history of our Fatima Age where Martins is based on pure, unadulterated modernism. And the, trage- the tragedy is the pull he has publicly in this regard. Man has quite the audience. Let me know what you think of this in the comments. If you haven't liked and subscribed, please do so. And please pray for the church. We have a lot of free time right now, so please pray for the church. Thanks for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.